0: When I was younger, my dad used to say to me, nothing in this world gets done until a sale is made. I didn't really know what this meant at the time, and as I got older, sales kind of left a dirty taste in my mouth. It's always portrayed in the media as this sleazy thing. And it wasn't until I actually grew up and realized that he was right that I realized that everyone needs to learn sales, and everyone needs to make sales in their life. Sales, to me, is mostly about Conveying my viewpoint of the world to somebody else, being persuasive, getting somebody to see my side, and getting someone to take action, make a decision. So today we have a very special guest, because I know a lot of listeners want to get better at sales, and maybe it's something foreign to you, maybe it's still intimidating. Uh, but John Davy from the Sales Gorilla is here. We're going to jump in and talk about, John, what are we going to talk about today?
1: So today we're going to talk about the three sales tactics that get anybody to buy anything
0: all right let's go
2: You're about to be introduced to a group of fly-under-the-radar marketers who you've probably never heard of, living life on their own terms, working from anywhere in the world. While others live to work, we work to live. We reject the status quo, the cubicle, and the morning rush hour. We don't allow a boss to tell us how to live our lives. Instead of waiting until we're old and gray, we're spreading our retirements out over the next 60 years to enjoy the prime years of our lives. We can work for from anywhere with a laptop and an internet connection. We do things differently. We work smart instead of hard. We don't trade time for money. We trade results and impact. If you would ask your parents or a college advisor if what we're doing is possible, they'd shake their heads. Yet, we're We're doing doing it it every day day, from cafes cafes on on the the beaches beaches of of Bali, Bali, mountain chalets in the mountains of Colorado, and jungle apartments in Colombia. And we're making more money than we'd ever make in a full-time job. This podcast is about one question. How do you use the power of marketing to build a life you don't need a vacation from? Where you can work from anywhere in the world? If you want the answer, keep listening. If you want it faster, visit christianmartin.org slash podcast. Here's Christian. All right. So John, we're
0: going to talk about the three sales tactics that get anybody to buy anything. First, before we jump into that, can you just give us a very quick background on who you are and maybe a little bit about the Sales gorilla so you know we know where you're coming from.
1: Yeah, so my name is John Davey, and I'm the co-founder of the Sales Gorilla. And what we do is teach people how to get clients without being salesy. We run a fairly large Facebook group where we teach people different tactics on client acquisition, um, and it's more based around relationship building, and we kind of go against the hardcore closer salesy tactic mentality.
0: Yeah, it's funny because we were just listening to Dan Locke, and he's kind of like the opposite of Sales Grill. He's this hardcore sales closer. But it doesn't resonate with a lot of people. Like we were talking about, a lot of people don't respond to sales that way. So it's really cool to have you on here and talk about getting clients without being salesy.
1: Yeah, and, and that's exactly what we found. Like A lot of the people that resonate with our messaging and find value in what we do, they they don't like the old school car salesman, salesy tactic type closing where, you know, anybody is a lead and anybody can turn into a client. We, we kind of go against that mentality in that you really have to kind of niche down and find people that you want to work with that you're going to like, because at the end of the day, this is your business. This is Um, what you're doing with your life so you kind of want to enjoy the people you're doing that with so um, we don't we don't necessarily teach people to go out and close anybody um, that you can because again you're doing this with your time and spending time with these people so ideally you're going to like the people you work with
0: so it sounds like there is hope for people who don't like sales to go into business and actually have a business they really enjoy and to perform the sales function of the business without like selling their soul or something like that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So if you've ever, you know, made a friend, (laughs) then then you might know how to do sales. Um, If you've ever convinced anybody of your point of view or, or, you know, just walked up to someone and built rapport and and started to build a relationship with them, well, then you've done sales. Um, We just kind of processize that and put it in a strategic way where it applies to business and, and helps you build relationships for your business and in your business.
0: That's really cool. And it reminds me of something... I talk about all the time is that when you go into a doctor's office, the doctor doesn't really have to sell you on the solution to your problem. You're just going in you're saying, here's my problem. Can you help? And the doctor's saying, yeah, here's the solution. Take it or leave it. And so I always like to think of sales that way. But you're the expert here. So what do you say we jump into those three things and cover each one?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, and it's kind of funny. That's a perfect uh, transition into what we're going to talk about today. Um, so I, I kind of gave it a salesy headline, in and just that it's ironic, but also people aren't going to buy from you if you don't have these three things. So um, we'll just go ahead and, and jump right into the first point. So these are the three these are the three sales tactics that get people to buy pretty much anything. So um, the first thing is building rapid rapport and this is funny cuz it goes right into your point you were just talking about um think about it this way if you ever went into a doctor and you didn't really they didn't ask you questions and they just they walked up to you and they said hey it looks like you have this diagnosis you um you look like you're having a heart attack let's uh, get you in here for heart surgery you would probably pull back immediately and say, "Whoa whoa, whoa, doc, like let me <laughs> shouldn't you like check my blood pressure or like ask me some questions, what I'm feeling, what's going on?" Um, and that's essentially what a lot of people do in sales is they jump right in and, and try to offer a solution to something when they don't necessarily know if someone has a problem so
0: yeah, it's like it really puts the defense up. I' like, you don't know me, if they're just coming at me with their solution.
1: yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So the first, the first point here is building rapid rapport, and um, this really comes from asking questions. Um, back to the doctor's example. If you, if you walk into a doctor's office and he asks you strategic pointed questions like, um, you know, how are you feeling today? Like, do you have pain in your right arm? Uh, like, have you had um, lightheadedness? like these different questions that make sense for a diagnosis to be made, uh, then you're going to think, okay, this guy knows what he's talking about. Um, he clearly has a potential solution if he knows to ask these questions that I'm feeling, uh, and he's diagnosing the problem rather than just automatically assuming I have something wrong with me. Um, so through asking questions and listening to the answers, that's how you build quick authority and you build uh, rapid rapport with people.
0: Yeah. So that's, that's really cool that you can build authority just by asking questions and listening. a lot of people think you have to have like some crazy credentials or like be Instagram famous or things like that. But yeah, a lot of times it's just the best thing you can do is to, in my program, we call that being the trusted advisor. I got that from Jay Abraham. It's like really, truly caring about your prospect and diagnosing their situation to figure out if you even have a solution or if you can help.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's, it's, it's really funny. Like we get this all the time is um, people, if they don't feel like they're an expert or an authority, they will actually try to sell their product or service more because they need to like, prove something. They need to prove mm. themselves. They need to say, like, I know as much as I do about this product so they can sell it. So um, ironically, if you reverse it and you're the one asking the questions, um the person who usually uh if we want to do air quotes wins in a sales conversation is the person who's asking the questions. And the person who's talking 90%, 80% of the time, is usually the one who's gonna be the who's gonna Who's going to be the buyer. Uh, Who's going to be the buyer, exactly.
0: So this sounds like a really good segue into point number two.
1: Yeah, so um, point number two is something that we call positive indifference. And uh, positive indifference is essentially uh, a stance to take. It's a stance you take in your sales conversation in that you are not attached to the outcome of the conversation. Just as a doctor wouldn't be attached to giving you a diagnosis that doesn't fit for you or saying you have something wrong with you that's not, um, positive indifference gives you that stance. So really, you are taking the stance of being the doctor. You're asking the questions and you're diagnosing it and you're not attached to an outcome. You're not attached to making that sale. Um, And when, when people feel this in a sales conversation, they automatically become more attracted to you as well and the product.
0: Totally. People are, in general, repulsed by neediness. And so if you're needy for the sale, you're just going to push your prospects away so fast. Um, And it's interesting, positive indifference is something that you can cultivate in a number of different ways. So for example, if you become extremely successful and there's way more demand for your services than you're able to supply, you're naturally going to push people away because you can not handle all the demand. But it sounds like you can cultivate that personally, even before that stage.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. So there's all kinds of different ways you can do it through mindset or like Christian just said is if if there's more demand for whatever you're selling product or service then there is supply, there's natural positive indifference there cuz you legitimately cannot handle more customers or or to to do more of whatever the service is. So you're going to, if you put yourself in that situation, think about it as if um, you have only one thing you can sell and you have one hour of time, we'll call it. Um, You're going to be choosy about who you pick to take that one hour and you're going to want to make sure that that person is the perfect fit for that one hour. They're probably going to pay you the most. They're going to be a really good fit for you as a, as delivering that hour of whatever it is service. And, and it's going to end up in the best relationship on both sides because you're going to qualify them for that one hour and they're going to be a perfect fit. Um, and so in order to do this at the, from the beginning, even if you don't have uh, or if you have more supply than you do demand, um, Really, you need to think about, okay, like, am I coming from the stance of diagnosing this as uh, a problem that I have the solution from, or am I trying to sell this person? Because a lot of times, um, 90% of the time, I would say our clients go into sales calls and they feel the pressure to sell whatever they're selling. Um, And you really need to be conscious and aware of it in the sales conversation that you're diagnosing you're asking questions you're not trying to sell them
0: so is that intention they have going in if they if their intention is just to diagnose and to be helpful if they can and then offer a solution with no attachment to outcome the prospect's going to pick up on that yeah and if the intention is to close this motherfucker no matter what (laughs) the prospect's probably going to pick up on that as well
1: yeah and and so here's here's another big point on that as well um there are there are different ways that you can use that you can close pretty much anyone. Um, the the positive indifference comes in when you don't want to close anyone. Right. Yeah. So if you're going if you're going in and you're just like I'm going to close every single person that I talk to, positive indifference is not going to make a difference for you because uh, you're just you're going in with the intention, and people will buy that uh, as long as if as long and as and if you're good at sales. Yeah. Um, if you're not if you're not a hardcore closing salesperson that's well trained, positive indifference is going to work much better for you yeah. in the long run.
0: And one of the things a lot of people don't realize is like you can learn as many tactics or sales lines as you want but a lot of communication is sub-communicated. And so I think positive indifference demonstrates this really well, is that the sub-communication of positive indifference is that I'm here to help you, and I'm not just in it for what's in it for me. And those are the kinds of people that clients want to work with, is people that have their best interest at heart.
1: Yeah, and I just want to say one last point on this, and then we'll move on to the next one. Um, the difference between, like what Christian just said, is the difference between using positive indifference to qualify people through questioning and bring those people on as clients, those are going to be the type of clients you want to work with and that actually generally relate to you because you're relating on a human level to them and, and that you they know you're trying to take care of them because you're diagnosing them and you're providing a solution to whatever their, their problem is. Now, if you hardcore close and you go in there and you close every single person, inevitably you're not going to get along with every single person in the world and you're going to end up with clients that you don't want on yeah. the back end of that and you don't like and you don't get along with.
0: Totally. I think the, this is why the longer you've been in business, the easier it is to have positive difference because you realize it's not worth it to close every sale. You actually should only do business with people that are a good fit to do business with.
1: Yeah. That's, that's one of the, the biggest um, takeaways that you can really have. And it's, yeah. it kind of goes back to what I said at the beginning. You're, you're going to be spending, especially if you're in a, a service-type business, you're going to be spending a good amount of time with these people or at least communicating with them or interacting with them. And so you want to make sure that they're a good fit and that you have a positive uh, relationship with them going into it.
0: Yeah, and most people learn this the hard way. They, they'll take anything they can get because they're just desperate for those sales early on And so they end up attracting the wrong people, working with the wrong people, and then they sometimes end up miserable.
1: Yeah. So let's jump into the third point here. This is kind of more like a bonus that um, if you – Let's use uh, an ads agency as an example. This is going to help you be able to show the value of your service and, and make it easy to make an offer. So a lot of people come to us and they say, I really get tripped up when, like, I can do the sales conversation, okay. I can ask the questions. I can diagnose the problem. But a lot of times where I get tripped up is when I'm transitioning into actually having to make the offer, actually going into the close part of the sales conversation. So this is an easy way for you to transition into that part of the sales conversation and really show the value. And, um, what we call this is uh, price anchoring or value-based pricing. So most people, they would go into a sales conversation and say, well, again, let's use a Facebook ads agency as an example. Um, they would say you know we have packages that are 1500 or 2500 and we charge 10% of ad spend on that well if you think about it from the business owner's perspective they're looking at that as an expense right that's going to be 1500 or 2500 out of their pocket every month and they're not thinking about the end result of what that's going to get them so if you go in and, and you ask them and ask them a couple extra questions, you say, okay, well, what is a new client worth to you? And let's say, you know, uh, I don't know, it's a, give me an example, Christian.
0: Uh, let's say I'm a chiropractor and I sell wellness packages and the package costs
1: $2,500. Perfect. Okay, so you would go in and ask this chiropractor selling wellness practices, okay, so what is a typical uh, new client worth to you? And and
0: I would say, well, on average, uh, if I bring a new client on, some of them stay for more than one package. Um, Some of them don't get the whole package, but on average it's going to be about $2,500 per client.
1: Awesome. So if I went to you or if I was able to bring you in two of these new clients per month, you'd say that would be worth about $5,000 to you? Yeah. Awesome. So with what we do... We can expect to get around 30 to 40 leads per month, and you should be able to close depending on on your typical closing ratio, and this is, again, where you'd probably want to get better understanding of their sales process, but you could say um, even something as simple as, well, how many typical people do you talk to in a month, and how many of those people become clients?
0: Yeah, so let's say that I talk to uh, 10 people a month, and two of them become clients.
1: Okay. Excellent. So if I were to bring you, let's say, 20 people per month to talk to, would it be fair to say you could bring on two or three of them as clients?
0: Yeah. So based on my averages, if it's normal, I would bring on about four. If you could bring me 20 people.
1: Okay. So based on what you just told me, if I brought you 20 new people to talk to per month and your clients are worth about 2500 each, then... If I bring you 20 people to talk to, you could potentially make about $10,000 per month. Does that sound accurate? Yeah. Awesome. So uh, with that's the case and uh, I can bring you $10,000 per month, would you pay me $2,000 per month to do that?
0: Seems fair to me.
1: Right. Awesome. So that, in a nutshell, is how you do value-based pricing. What you do to break it into a step-by-step process, what you do is you find out what – a new client lead, um, you know, potential client is worth to them. And then you figure out in a general sense what their closing ratio is and how many clients they can handle. Um, and then you figure out how many leads or new clients you think you can bring them and just compare the value. And usually you want, uh, I mean, it's ideal if you can give them about a 10x ROI on what you charge them.
0: Yeah, definitely. And it, it depends on the industry. So some industries, you're going to need a greater return than others. It just depends on the margins and how much it costs to fulfill on new clients, things like that. Uh, but I think this exercise was really useful, and it just changes the sales conversation in the prospect's mind from, do I want to expend this much money? Do I want this big of an expense this month? To, would I trade $2,000 for $10,000? And that's like a much easier thing to say yes to than do I want to give away $2,000? Yeah, absolutely.
1: it completely reframes how they're looking at um, you coming in and helping their business. It, it's not looked at as an expense anymore, but an mm-hmm. investment to grow their business.
0: Yeah, and all of a sudden you're the person helping them multiply that investment rather than a service provider they have to just have as an expense every month, yep. which is a totally different thing. Um, but the way you walked me through that was so good. And when we get to the point of like, here's how many leads we think we can bring you. This is one of the reasons it's so important to work with a niche, because if you do, you'll know on average, like how many leads you can bring for that budget. And then what percentage of those leads will close. So if I'm working in a niche, I'll say typically my clients close two out of 10 leads. I can't say for sure what you're going to close. That depends on your closing abilities, and how much uh, you typically close, but typically my clients close this much, and that really helps them understand historically what kind of results you've gotten for your other clients.
1: Yeah, and and exactly to Christian's point, the better you know your process with your clients, the easier sales gets as well. Yeah. Um, and this eventually, it, it all of these come together: um, rapid rapport, positive indifference, and the value based pricing. Um, they all come together, and if you're niche specific and you're actually the expert in your niche, all of these can be done in a simple 15-minute conversation. Um, you can show positive indifference by saying that you know the results you can get for a client and just offering. If Think about the, the difference in conversation. If I were to go into this chiropractor that we had in as, as an example and say, Mr. Chiropractor, Um, I've worked with 15, 20 other chiropractors in your exact industry. And I know for a fact that if I run this campaign for you, I'm going to bring you in, um, you know, 20 leads this month. And based on the sales processes of my 20 other clients, they close between two and five clients out of those 20. Um, Here's the example ROI I can give you. Would you like to do this with me and grow your business? It's a completely different stance than trying to sell them on the service because you have natural positive indifference because you are confident enough in the result that you don't have to sell them on anything. It's just simply making an offer that you already know the result is going to happen for.
0: Totally. it's a, The way you worded that, it it's almost too easy to sell um, because it just wouldn't be logical for the client to say no to that. Um, now the only thing standing in the way might be trust. And so, but the way you're going to build trust is just by knowing their business better than they know it themselves. At least that's one way to do it. So when they hear you talk about the 15 other chiropractors you work with, there's little nuances to the things you're saying that are going to, again, sub communicate certain things that are going to build trust very quickly. So like you're saying, you can build rapport very quickly when you worked with everyone in that industry.
1: Yeah, Absolutely. Um, And if you take these, even if you just use a couple of these things, um, ideally you can fit them all into your sales conversation. But even if you just take a couple of them, um, if you just start asking more questions in your sales conversation or if you really do show that you're not attached to the outcome in your sales conversations or even if you have a great sales conversation and you just implement the value-based pricing or price anchoring into your sales conversation. Any one of these three things is going to make a difference. Um, and and you just need to go out and, and test them and try them out in your sales conversation. Absolutely.
0: And I just want to point out one thing that we didn't really talk about in this is like how the service is delivered. Because until all this other stuff is agreed upon, it doesn't really matter how the service is delivered. And so you don't have to get into the details of, Exactly how you're going to provide the service. Really just talk about um, where your client is now, where they want to go, and then show them how you can get them there using these three tips. So can you cover those three tips one more time?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Just a quick recap. Um so the first one is rapid rapport and you build rapid rapport and authority status through asking questions and then listening to the answers. You're never really selling them, you're just diagnosing their problem like a doctor would and seeing if you have the cure for the problem that you can make them offer it on. Um then there's positive indifference, which is really the stance you take in the sales conversation. It's not being attached to the outcome um, and really just diagnosing through those questions. And it gives you a powerful authority uh, status as well because um, you're not not pushing and and giving the feeling of uh, being needy in the sales conversation. And the last one is the value-based pricing or price anchoring. So it's it's where you take – it's basically a return on investment breakdown of your service and how much it's going to uh, bring in for the business. So – and our example, like I said, uh, twenty client or twenty leads might turn into uh, ten sales conversations, and two to four of them could become clients, bringing them in ten k of revenue, and and then you charge them two grand a month for that. So um, showing them what their investment of two grand or two thousand dollars is going to actually bring in for the business, rather than uh, looking at the two thousand dollars as an expense
0: hmm. Amazing. And when you get all this smoothed out, uh, sales are just going to get easier and easier. So if you want to master these concepts, um, John, where can they find out more about you and sales gorilla and how to take this further?
1: Yeah. So, um, one of the things that we really push, um, is something Christian mentioned earlier is, is niching down and, um, Really what uh, we call it is is finding your ideal clients and defining your ideal client avatar. And uh, we do it a little bit differently. A lot of people say to look at defining an avatar, but we have a different process we use where we really have people look internally and figure out different things that they like and can deal with and don't like to deal with first before they even ever go out and define what kind of clients they want to work with. And we've broken this whole whole process down into a, a document. You can go and download at the salesgorilla.com slash ICA if you want to um, take a look at that.
0: Cool. We'll put that in the show notes. So go ahead and hit that link, grab that ICA. And do you want to leave the crowd with any parting words?
1: Uh, I just want to say thanks for having me on and uh, go implement these three different sales tactics and let us know how the increase in sales turns out.
0: Awesome. So that's John Davey from the Sales Gorilla. Go grab the free ICA he's going to give you in the show notes. If you like this interview style collaborative podcast, please let us know and we'll do more of them. And uh, don't forget to subscribe to the channel. We'll see you on the next episode.
2: How do you use the power of marketing to build a life you don't need a vacation from where you can work from anywhere in the world? If you want the answer, subscribe to the podcast and leave a review now. If you want it faster, visit christianmartin.org slash podcast. See you next episode.